just had a strong sense that, uh, give us the next slide there, that this is going to be a time of highly sensitive prophetic revelation. That means that for those of you who have a prophetic gift or who are prophetic, it's going to intensify seriously in the next couple of months. That means that if you used to see visions in your inner eye, they will begin to come out. If you used to have three-minute dream, you will have three-hour dream. Amen? If you used to have a sense when you come to church that I think God is doing something in somebody's life, you will have those senses while you are cooking and doing the Monday and washing. Amen? God is increasing the amount of prophetic revelation Amongst our myths. And that means the prophetic is always there to bring comfort, encouragement, and edification. Right? So that means that no one in our midst will lack encouragement. Amen? No matter what you may be going through, no matter what kind of situation you may be encountering, if you've got the word of the Lord to encourage you, You will be able to go through the fire and it will not burn you. You will be able to go through the waters and it will not overwhelm you. Amen? Together with that, I really had a sense that the Lord is encouraging us into deeper place of worship. Amen? I mean deeper place of worship. And this is not only on Sunday. Of course, we'll see that on Sundays, but I mean at home. When you used to quickly take half an hour to watch the news, now the Holy Spirit will be inspiring you to go into the room, put on some worship music, and go into the heavenly places. Amen? And the important reason why is because when you are in in transition, you are in a sensitive time. But if you've got prophetic revelation, you will always go with what God is saying compared to what you see with your natural eyes. Amen? The Word of God says we walk by faith and not by sight. We are not moved by what we see. We are moved by whose report we believe. Amen? And I'm telling you, for many of us, you don't come from a significant family. You don't come from a significant background. But God has shown shown His light upon you. And there's a destiny and call on your life. And it's going to be unlocked the moment when you begin to hear what God is saying concerning your life. Amen? Almost like Samuel that is being called, Samuel, Samuel. And, and you hear the voice of the Spirit calling you, and you go to the high priest and say, did you call me? And the high priest will tell you, when you hear that voice calling you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. The moment you begin to get revelation from the Spirit of God concerning your life, I'm telling you, you begin to transcend from the place of mundane living, That means I went to primary school, then I went to high school, then I I went to college or university. Then there, I found someone that I loved, or my parents arranged something, and then (laughs) we got married. After that, we had four kids, according to the survey list. We had four kids, and after the four kids, then I needed to take them to primary school and to high school and to university and then to marriage and then four kids. And then th- those kids needed to go primary school and high school. And it's just a, a cycle of uselessness. 
And the reason why I say that is because the beast, the beast, the pet that you have, has that cycle. He has that cycle where, you know, it's, uh, child is bo- the, the puppy is born, then the puppy grows, he gets trained, and then the puppy goes to the next level, finds another, and then it's a family. And God has called you to live beyond the natural cycles of life. Amen? There is a destiny and a calling upon every single individual in this room. Look at the person next to you and tell them there's a calling on your life. You are not a mistake. You are not sitting next to me for nothing. (laughs) Look at you. You are looking good. (laughs) It is important because some of us, some of us, nobody told us that. In fact, in fact, when we were growing up, the only words we used to use, we used to hear is, you will never amount to anything. Useless man. Right? You used to hear such derogatory words that were based on what people maybe saw or the family that you came from or the community that you were brought from. But God sees at the heart and he knows the end from the beginning and he calls people in destiny before they are even born. And if we are now in a season where God is busy moving us and he's busy transitioning us, woe be unto you. If you make it about the comfort that your eyes see. Because I tell you, you risk missing your destiny. Amen? The other thing that I've also been experiencing this week was, you know, you just go through life and it's the kids and it's school and it's work and it's everything. But God has been somehow causing me to get this this sense about the the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Now, I felt that in my heart, firstly, to say that the Holy Spirit was telling me, do you you know that I'm a person? Not a human being, a person. And the reason why is because you will notice that when we are in public and everyone's watching, when there are witnesses around, when, when there are people around, we tend to act a certain way. But when there's no one around, we almost kick off our shoes. There's a sense of relax that comes in, and we act a certain way. Yes? Do you know that there's always a person around you as a believer? But the fact that you act as if no one is there means that you have discounted the personhood of the Holy Spirit in your life. The the real presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And it doesn't mean that he's not there because you are ignorant of his presence. It means that you are unable to take advantage of the benefit of the one who comes alongside and encourages you and comforts you and teaches you and trains you and helps you. And I really felt the Holy Spirit is saying, I am am real and I am with you and I'm a person. Engage me like that. Amen? Okay, that's not my message. That's just the, the prophetic senses that we were getting. Okay, let's go to the next slide there. God has a plan. Isaiah 46 verse 10. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, and what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. You know, it is so interesting 
that we've got a myriad of religions around the world. And everyone is very religious around the world, worshipping the wind or the waves or the ancestors or the stones or whoever. But we have a God who created the whole universe and He wants to interact with us. The beautiful thing about having relationship with God is we serve a God that sees the future. We serve a God that knows the end from the beginning. We serve the Alpha and the Omega, the A and the Z, the first and the last. Meaning, there is no place where we need to be anxious concerning the future. Because we serve a God who says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future and an expected end. Amen? This gives you cause for great boldness. Great courage in the face of adversity. Amen? We notice what's happening in the economy and we notice what's happening internationally and the flooding in Durban and all of that. The Bible says that we will not fear. God is our refuge and strength. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. There is a river that flows from the throne of God that makes glad the city of our God. And it is so important that you realize the God that you serve. I remember when we were growing up, my mom used to ask us, how big is your God? How big is your God? Have you ever asked yourself that question? How big is your God? And you will know by your conduct. It's not something that you profess because we taught it to you in Bible school. It is something that comes from your conviction. Daniel said, those who know their God will be strong and they will do mighty exploits. It is inevitable. If you walk with God, if you know God, I'm talking about the real God, the big God, the amazing, wonderful God. If you walk with him, there's a difference in your life. Amen? You are not just a religious member. You become a son of the Most High. Amen? You might be thinking to yourself, yeah, that's big talk, man. That's big talk. But when the waves are coming in, you know, it, it, the struggle gets real. Now, when the struggle gets real, that's when your God needs to be real as well. Amen? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord always raises up a standard. Amen? So we're in the process of moving. We're in the process of moving locations, but spiritually speaking as well. The other night I was talking to some of the campus guys about a couple of the, the, the guys that graduated here and have moved to Zambia. And I was talking to, to, to Dave and, and Stephen, Bishop Stephen. <laughs> that thing's going to get famous, bro. Bishop Stephen. And we were talking and discussing about why don't we do a work in Zambia. These are, how old are you, Dave? You and the guys on campus. These are campus students. Yeah? And we are talking about why, why don't we do something on the campuses of Zambia because if we can hit the campuses, obviously the guys who come from the campuses then graduate into, into the places of influence and it's just a matter of time before we begin to impact that nation. Why are we so bold? We walk with God, yes? We have a real Holy Spirit. Give us the next slide. 
from glory to glory. This is an important consciousness that every believer must have. Please. Because the philosophers of life and all the quotes that you've read and the, the, the captions and the hashtags that you, you've picked up, most of them give a picture of that is different from this. It says in Proverbs 4 verse 18, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter till the full light of day. What, 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 does, what do the quotes in life tend to say? Sometimes that sun disappears. <laughs> Spontaneously it's dark. You don't know where to hold on to. Even if you are born again speaking in tongues. But the word of God says that the path of the righteous is how? It gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Just like Mervyn was sharing this morning. Yeah? Your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And the revelation is that if the path of the righteous is flooded with the word of God, there is no place of darkness. It only gets better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Until the day of glory. Now, if you don't accept that in your heart, you cannot experience it. Amen? And if you don't experience it, you can never give to somebody else what you do not have yourself. Amen? The Bible says that we have been called to bring life to the nations. Jesus has come that we may have life and have it life to the full and in abundance. Give us the next slide there. So the life that we have, and as a church as well, this is what you, you can expect, I'm telling you. We are going to move from one level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory to the next level of glory upon glory upon glory upon glory upon glory. Glorious. Amen. And this is why we do not lose hope. Because we know no matter what is happening here, what the enemy is trying to do with his antics and tactics that no weapon formed against us can prosper because we are on the path of the righteous. Amen? I'm here to encourage you. If you are walking in darkness, you're experiencing a sense of darkness, there are many lies of the enemy that are coming against you. And I'm telling you, if you will just take time to come under the encouragement of the word of God. This is for somebody here this morning. If you will just take time to come under the encouragement of the word of God, you will see the light of God flooding flooding your path. The entrance of thy word is light. Amen. Anything is possible with God. Luke 18, verse 27, and the angel said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Do you believe in the impossible? Are you going after the impossible in your life? I'm not talking about the difficult. Yeah, these things are impossible. No, I'm talking about the impossible. <laughs> right? As we continue to learn more from the Word of God, it is not just so that we're able to live a godly life that, that, that glorifies God in our actions, but it is because God wants to bring His kingdom on earth. Amen? And He is going to use individuals just like you and I. Give us there the next slide. 
I showed you this picture before. Tell, tell your neighbor, through, through the desert to the promised land. And sometimes when God is leading you from the place of bondage to the place where he wants you to be, you go through a time of wilderness. How many of you know that whenever you experience change, there's sometimes a discomfort that comes with it? Why? Because you're moving from where you are. Where you were is where you made your bed. Everything was comfortable. You heap the sand all the way to the edges. And now you have to move out of that place and re and re and re and re. But God wants to take us from the place where we are to a better place. And in the process, we'll go through a wilderness. But the Bible speaks about how the presence of God is what gives us the courage in the midst of our change. So that while Israel was going through the desert, they had a pillar of fire by night that heated them and a cloud of a cloud. Yes, a cloud of clouds by day <laughs> that covered them from the, from the Middle Eastern sun. It's either that or that other thing that you put on your head. And what I want to encourage you is no matter what you're experiencing while you're going through your process of change, you might be trusting God for something, and that something is over there, and you're in the process of attaining it. But while you're in the process of attaining it, there are many, many things that can hinder you from actually attaining your promise. And the Bible speaks about the hindrances that so easily beset us. And how we need to be watchful and vigilant to take hold of what God has already provided for us so that we don't stay in the desert. And we're going to go through the scripture now and show you how the people of Israel came to the threshold. They came to the threshold of, this, of, of their promised land. This was before they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And the path from Egypt to the promised land in Canaan was supposed to take about 11 to 14 days. They took 40 years. They took 40 years and in fact a whole generation died out. Never experienced the promised land. When God was speaking to them in Egypt with lots of signs and wonders and plagues, he told them that I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. And everyone said, yes, man. Yes. Yes, Yere. Yes. <laughs> and whenever God is giving promises, the promises to the left and to the right, everyone is like, yes, amen, yes. And then when it's time to take hold of the promise, the murmuring and the complaining begins. Amen? But I'm telling you that the promise is sure for those who have seen it. Give us the next slide. Numbers 13. So the Lord spoke to Moses and he said, Send men to scout out the land of Canaan I'm giving to the Israelites. Send one man who is a leader among them from each of their ancestral tribes. And God does work with the leadership and he does work with the, with the headship and the, the heads of families and the connect leaders. And he wants to speak and give a certain picture to those people. And he wants the fathers, or if you're a single mother, that you will take hold in your heart of the promises of God concerning your family. Amen? That God doesn't have to skip a generation 
to get revelation to the children, but that from the parent's side, from the top, everyone is catching the vision. Amen? And it is so important that we engage the Holy Spirit. He will show you, He will show you what the plan is. I'm telling you. Give us there the next verse. And at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows surely with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. The Bible says that two men, between two men, they carried a, a what is a truss? Like a thing of grapes. Hanging like this. A truss of grapes. Hanging like this. That land was flowing with milk, honey, and extra large fruits. Amen? The land was flowing with it. And so the spies came back and said, Surely, <laughs> surely the land is flowing with these goodies. However, However, it's almost like people say, would you like the good news or the bad news first? Okay, let's start with the good news. So the land flows with milk and honey, but, and sometimes in your life, God is speaking to you concerning a promise. And either in your heart or in your friend's heart, I've already told you about the board of unbelief and the comedy of unbelief. You must not attend those board meetings. <laughs> they must mark you as absent, please. Because there is where you pick up the wrong thing. Where you've heard from the Lord, and then somebody's like, yeah, but however, let us just calm down now. Let us just begin to be realistic here. We are talking about a God that is invisible. You're talking to me about being realistic. Let us be realistic here. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. And the cities are fortified. The guys agreed already. We need to have at least three points. Otherwise, this thing will go. <laughs> One, they are strong. Two, the cities are fortified and they are very large. And then three, besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak, Anak are the giants, families of giants. One of them was uh, Goliath. You know Goliath. He had five brothers, four brothers. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the whole place. <laughs> we, we try to look and see if there's a space <laughs> where we can go where we won't be bothering anybody. Especially giants. And we found out that the whole place is full. Give us there the next slide. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Now consider this. Twelve spies, they all saw the same thing. Ten of them came back with the three points, and the other one came back with so much inspiration. Who say, let us not even wait. 
Eating time is just now, but let's skip eating. Let's go for the lead. Let's go now. And the question is, who are you? Are you of the ten? Because usually, the committee and the board of unbelief, they are large. It's the majority. That's point number four. Uh, point number four is, we all agree, the majority agrees <laughs> that we are not going to believe God. Right? Most of the time when you are believing God, it's a lonely road. <laughs> you and Jesus and your encouraging sister or brother hanging on to the promises of the Lord. While the board is sitting in the boat and saying, according to statistics, no one should walk on water. <laughs> according to my experience, no one has walked in the water before, so don't listen to that ghost. And it is important that you realize and make a decision. I remember when I was at university, I was being discipled by a physiotherapist, gentleman who was discipling young people at the university. And I would meet him weekly. And so I was going through a situation, and while we were talking, um, he, he asked me, so, so what are you going to do about this? What do you think? What do you think the Lord says? And then I said, well, the Bible says, um, and then he rebuked me so sharply. What do you mean the Bible says? Um? And it, it woke me up that my attitude concerning the Bible was that it's one of my references. So when I'm going through a situation, first of all, Oprah says, well, the Bible says this. Then Deepak Chopra says this. Madiba says this. My mother says this. And then my heart feels like this. And you've placed Jesus among other gods. Like a buffet of the same kind of potato salad. One from Jesus, one from my mother, one from... Which potato salad am I going to take now? The Word of God is not the same kind of potato salad as other things. The Word of God created the whole universe. The whole, everything that you see was not, nothing was made without the Word of God. And we all have to deal with the Word of God. Amen? It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Dividing even to, to bone and marrow to the soul and the spirit. It's a discerner of the intents and the heart of men. This is the word of God. And when you begin to realize that, and what I was going to say is you have to choose whether you are going to be part of the board, board members or whether you are going to be here believing God. There is a choice you must make. And sometimes you grow up in a family where there is a large board. There's a multitude of board members in that family. You always get ruled out. Walking with God is a persecuting environment. But the word of God has taught us that it is better to go with God than to go with the board of unbelief. Amen? So Caleb, and Caleb walks with Joshua like this. Joshua and Caleb, they decided and said, no, they were two out of the twelve. 
they decided, no, let us go up immediately. We are able to overcome. Then the man who had gone up with him said, wait a minute. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. Like we said, it's just a repetition of what they said before. Amen? And sometimes, when you have a word from God, I'm telling you, you have to rehearse that thing. Rehearse it. You have to recite it. You cannot get a word from the Lord. Pack it in your, in, in your pocket. Pack up that pants and put it there at the bottom of the bed for years. Mm-mm. You have to bring out that word and paste it in the living room. Wah! So that every time you are eating, every time you are passing, every time you are, that the word of God is speaking to you. While you lie down, that it will speak to you. While you raise up, it will speak to you. While you are in the car, it will speak to you. Why? Because that's how the enemy does it. He doesn't just leave you and give you one word of unbelief. He will try and give you one word of unbelief, try and put a scripture to it. Then put another word of unbelief, put a scripture to it. Then another word of unbelief. If you resist him that day, he will come back at another opportune time. Amen? There are some of us this morning, God has spoken a word to you. You packed it away. And God is saying this morning, I want you to bring that word out. Amen? The word is the seed. I'm telling you, uh, uh, the seed of the miracle is the word. The seed of the destiny is the word. Amen? If God has given you a plan and a destiny, take that word, meditate therein until it becomes a baby in your spiritual womb. Then protect it and preserve it until it's given birth. The next verse. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report. The King James says an evil report. Some will say, no, we just said the realities. Well, the realities were an evil report. Amen? God doesn't deal in realities. He deals in faith. And faith based on the word of God. They brought the people an evil report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim. Okay, that's another teaching. And the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. These are angel hybrids. Don't understand, we are fighting angels here. <laughs> And we seem to ourselves. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so also we seem to them. I wonder if they ask, excuse me, sir, <laughs> Mr. Anak, uh, what is your perception in terms of analogy of the kind of animal that you would relate me to? Based on my height, relative to yours. A grasshopper, obviously. <laughs> yeah? Most of the time, you make those things up. You didn't interview anyone concerning what they thought of you. And, uh, it's just thoughts in your head. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wealthy enough. I'm not popular enough. Uh, so God cannot use me. In my own eyes, I'm not good enough. But God doesn't use your own eyes. He can see for himself very well. And that is why we do not walk by sight. 
we walk by faith. Of course, if you see yourself as a grasshopper, the first point is there are, the, the, there are high walls around those cities we can't get in. So, unfortunately, let's just stay here. There's a river to cross. We can't jump. We are grasshoppers. And it becomes your identity that locks you out of the destiny that God has given you. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the destiny that God has called you for does not only take your own strength and ability and skill. It's not enough. The fact that God has called you means he must help you to fulfill it. Some of us are like, the Lord, just introduce me. And then you stay outside. I can take it from there. <laughs> you will ruin the whole thing. The Lord has to help you from the author to the finisher. Amen? Give us the next slide. The greatest enemy of your destiny is fear. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's fear of things that don't even exist. Most of the time, the things that we worry about and the things that we fear never materialize. Never. It is wasted meditation. Like some say, if you worry, you will die. If you don't worry, you will still die. So why worry? Right? It's not a scripture. I'm just saying, <laughs> wow, that is a powerful scripture. <laughs> it's not a scripture. But the word of God says, be anxious for nothing. Yeah? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Amen? Give us that the next slide. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen? The word of God says that perfect love casts out all fear. Not just some fears, not just reasonable fears. It casts out all fear. And when we begin to persuade ourselves about the love of Christ, and the Bible says that God commended and proved his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. The righteous for the unrighteous. That God so loved the world, he so loved me, that he was willing to give up his son for me. How will he not also, after he's given me his son, also give me all things to fulfill the destiny that he's called me? Amen? And you have to persuade yourself of that. Give us there the next slide. So, there are two kinds of people when you're standing at the threshold of destiny. You find worshipers, people who praise God, in the midst of, of the bad news that seems apparently bad news that came. The bad report from the board of unbelief. That you begin to praise God. Because what happens when you begin to worship and praise God, you take your eyes off the circumstances of the situation and you begin to put them on Christ. And you begin to magnify the Lord. You begin to make God bigger than the situation is. And when you begin to see the faithfulness and the strength and the power and the might of God larger than the, the problem that you face, you will surely be overcome. Like David said, I will make you... Goliath, <laughs> I will make you like the lion and the bear. 
I will feed, I will feed you to the birds today. <laughs> and this is a teenager speaking to the same giants that these weak, uh, unbelieving people saw. And that David did not see himself as a grasshopper. But he said that the Lord was with me. I come to you not with a staff or with a sling. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Amen. And there's an attitude that we need to begin to pick up. This is not the kind of thing that we only sit in church and talk about. This is the example that has been set for us. So that we, when we hear news, when we get a situation that faces us, that we rise up and say, I come against this situation in the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The first report is not the last report. That God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think. That if he's helped me in the past, he will surely help me in the future. Amen. He's the, fa- he's the God of my father and he's also my God. The, this is not something that is for introverts. At that time, if you are an introvert, you must put aside your introvert side <laughs> and deal business. Or you'll be a complainer. Shall we move? Everybody together. Yes. (laughs) Huh? And yeah, some of you might be thinking, yeah, but who who put his thumb like this up? If you see people's hearts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And it's important. That what is outside is coming from the inside. Amen? And you might not be in that place yet where you are saying yes from the inside, but God can get you there. Amen? Give us the next slide there. Blocking God. You know that the, the orthodox doctrines of Christianity say that God is sovereign, yeah? He will do whatever He wants. He can do whatever He wants to do. But there is this provision in the word of God that almost wants to show that there's a place where he's given man the ability to block. Let's read from the scripture because some of you are looking at me like this is where the heresies come in. (laughs) Matthew 13 verse 55. This is Jesus. Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas are not, and are not all his sisters with us. Where then did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. This was after Jesus started his ministry, went to his hometown where everybody knew him, wanted to do the miraculous things that a Jesus does, right? And they were offended at him. And then... It says, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. This is Jesus, the only Jesus. Wanting to do mighty works in your life. But because of offense against God or offense against people or something. And there is a familiarity that this is just Jesus. And that begins to be a blockage from what God wants to do in your life. Are you still impressed with Jesus, disciple? For those of us who have gained the place now of spiritual leadership. I'm a deacon now. 
I'm an elder. I'm a connect leader. I preach. And you've become familiar with this Jesus. And that is the blockage upon God's plan in your life. And quickly, if we just repent of it and we say, Lord, show me once again the first love, the revelation of the amazing God that I've embraced. Give us here the next slide. His obedience. Psalm 78 speaks about this story in the Psalms about Moses and the people. And it says how often they provoked God in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power. The day when he redeemed them from the enemy and when he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan turned their rivers into blood and their streams that they could not drink. After having come through an ocean that opened, after having eaten bread daily from heaven raining and chickens quail flying in the pan, after seeing water coming from a rock and a stick in the water turning bitter water into sweet. After seeing all of that, after growing up with the same shoes and coming to the other side and the shoes have grown with your feet. After, after all of those miracles, you come to the threshold of the promised land and say, ah, we can't do it. It's based on research. It's reality. We have to be realistic here. Should take those shoes from that guy and beat him on the head. <laughs> Amen? I hope that that is not your case. I know for many of us, if not many miracles, the miracle of your salvation. You've got something to point to and say, God has been faithful to me. If he's helped me here, he will surely help me here. Give us the next slide then. And to whom did he swear? Hebrews 3 verse 18. That they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient through unbelief. So we see that they were unable to enter. Unable to enter because of unbelief. I'm telling you, most of the time, it's not because of your bad behavior that things are not happening. Your bad behavior causes you to feel guilty that causes your faith to be attacked. But God is more looking at what do you believe. And what you believe comes from what you hear. Are you listening to the word of unbelief or are you listening to the word of God? Give us the next slide. So in conclusion, with everything that's happening, as we are moving I want to encourage you to pick up once again the prophetic words that God has given you personally. The dreams and the visions and the destiny over your family, you as an individual, the plans that God has for you. Pick them up again. Put them somewhere visible where you can see it every day. And begin to glorify God. Begin to realize that your destiny is tied to the nations. Our move here is tied to the nations. We are going into our venue because we want to put God Put God's word in practice. 
That we don't want to just say, yeah, we believe God, but we, we stand here. When Peter was in the boat and Jesus said, come. And they were still debating whether it's a, a, a Jesus or a ghost. And the way they tested it was so pathetic. How can you test? Is it a ghost? Let's ask him to cause us to kill ourselves. <laughs> Should we walk on the water? If he says yes, then it's Jesus. A ghost can more say, just come. <laughs> anyway. So it's important that we realize that God has a plan. Bring out those words. And then receive grace by listening to a good report. Tell the person next to you, don't listen to everything. Choose what you eat. You don't have to eat everything from the Yetzal. Choose what you eat. Choose the words that enter your heart. Don't listen to all the latest songs that are coming out. Don't watch all the latest movies. Oh, I need to catch up with all the latest. <laughs> There's unbelief coming through. Yeah? God wants to bring a miracle. You need his words first. Then number three, every saint counts. As we are going into our new building church, you will see that every time you walk up for service, you will see the progressive manifestation of the plan of God. And you can be a part of it. I'm telling you, I don't know how many of you give at least one dollar to the building fund. One dollar, at least. One dollar. Or 50 cents. Yeah? We are going to run campaigns and say, we are going to buy interlocks now. Who wants to buy two interlocks? Come on! Come we, won't, we won't, unfortunately, we won't engrave surnames on interlocks. <laughs> that was like, can I have my surname? And <laughs> those two interlocks. Because <laughs> Gustavo was here. <laughs> but it's important that we realize that we are building living stones. We are not building temporary structures. We are building living stones. Everything counts. And move from the heart. It is so important that you realize that it, this is a hard thing. God honors your heart attitude. And as we move, that we are not murmuring and complaining and all of that. As we see, everything that we see will be a token and an opportunity for us to really get involved more. If we say, there are not enough ushers in this service. And what are you doing, sir? Are you an usher? No. Then from today, I will be an usher. Amen? It becomes an opportunity where God begins to take us from where we were to where we can be. Amen? It is more blessed to give than to receive, whether it be financially, whether it be time, resource-wise, or anything. Amen? Hallelujah. Are we excited? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let us stand. If you are here this morning and uh, you've listened to the message and you are not born again, or you, you haven't given your heart to the Lord, you're not following Jesus, this morning I want to pray for you, if you are here. This is not just about coming to church every Sunday, but it's about having a living relationship with Jesus. Coming into that encounter with God, where God begins to live in you, and you speak to Him, and He speaks to you, and your life becomes a wonder to the nations. So if you're here this morning and you have never given your heart to the Lord or you've been walking with God in the past so far away 
and you want to come back to God, you want to make a recommitment to God. If you're here this morning, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're not operating in the power of God. I want to pray for you this morning. So if that's you, won't you just raise your hand as we, as we trust the Lord together. Is there anybody like that here this morning? You would like to give your heart to the Lord. You'd like to be born again this morning. You hear the, the voice of the Spirit calling you. If that's you, just raise your hand so that I can see it and we will pray with you. anybody right so the leaders the leaders will still be here after the service if you need to speak to somebody but I really just want to prophesy over us this morning I prophesy in the name of Jesus that from today marks the beginning of a new destiny over this church and we are taking possession not over not only over our building but over every spiritual territory that God has promised us. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that there will be an uprising of men and women who have caught the vision about the kingdom of God and have caught the vision about putting their hand to the plow for the sake of the souls that Jesus has died for. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that finances are coming into the storehouse like never before in the name of Jesus. I declare that millions of dollars are coming in from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, all for the glory of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus that we will not be in that building for long. We will not be at the bottom of that building for long, but it will be soon. It will be soon when that building will be completed and will begin to rise up to the next level. I prophesy in the name of Jesus that even during this next couple of weeks, that the prophetic will begin to increase in our midst and that people will begin to have deep encounters with the Holy Spirit in worship like never before. Father, we thank you, Lord. We just rejoice this morning. You are faithful, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. You are faithful, Lord. We are excited for what you are doing in this season, Lord God. And we say, yes, Lord. We, we, we apply our hearts, we apply our resources, and we say, Lord, we want to go where you are going, Lord God. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that many multitudes will come to Christ as we move into that place, Lord. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord cause your fountain to overflow. May he cause your cup to overflow. May he cause your harvests to be, to be abundant. May he cause your giving to increase because his resources and grace towards you are abounding. May he cause you to have favor with God and with men. And may you have a blessed day today. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. If you need ministry.